This morning we're going to continue on. Uh, turn in your Bibles to Mark's Gospel. We're going to be in chapter 10, looking at uh, just seven verses, verses 46 to 52. I titled uh, the message this morning, The Faith of Blind Bartimaeus. And we're going to learn something uh, from this one man that God saw fit to put into Scripture. Uh, Jesus healed many people that are not recorded in Scripture. He healed, and, and there are many miracles that Jesus did that are not recorded in Scripture. But the ones that are recorded, the ones that we read about in our Bible, they are strategically put there for a purpose. And each one, in a sense, stands on its own. Each one has a, a purpose for the individual maybe being healed, but it also always had a broader, uh, a broader reason of what Jesus was doing. He was always teaching people. He was always revealing something of Himself through the miracles that He performed. He, he showed His authority. He showed His power. It declared who He was. And that's what we're going to see even in this miracle that Jesus performed uh, this morning. The three and a half years of Jesus' ministry uh, is brought to us in 16 chapters of the Gospel of Mark. That's three and a half years of ministry that we have in here. So that tells us that there's a lot that we don't know. But here we are in the 10th chapter of Mark's Gospel. Jesus had already left that upper region of Galilee. And He began to make His way towards Jerusalem and towards the cross. His popularity uh, by now had diminished greatly. He was in this time that many call the time of opposition because it was growing stronger and stronger as Jesus drew nearer to the cross. He left Galilee. He went to uh, the region of Judea. He crossed over into the area in the region of Perea. And this was a period of, of probably four to six months that Jesus was ministering in this area. And when we get to chapter 11 next week, Lord willing, we're going to see another, another uh, turning point, another marker, we could say, in the Gospel of Mark here. Because chapter 11 starts out with Jesus' triumphal entry into Jerusalem. That marks the beginning of the Passion Week. And so we're going to see from chapter 11 all the way to the last chapter, we're going to see the, the Passion Week, the death of Jesus Christ, the resurrection of Jesus Christ, all in those remaining chapters. Jesus, as I said, had now crossed uh, over. He's, he's actually in the area of Perea. He's crossed over the Jordan River. Uh, the Jordan, or uh, this area that Jesus is going to come into, is a city called Jericho. Now, Jericho has uh, obviously a lot of history to it. There's a lot, and the, the big one that we know of is when Joshua and Caleb looked over the promised land. 
And it was after they started to make their way into the promised land that Jericho was the city that they first came to. Remember the, the big victory and the walls came down. That was the city now that Jesus was passing through, making his way towards Jerusalem and the cross. And by the way, Jericho is only about 15 miles away from Jerusalem. And so he's drawing close there to Jerusalem and the cross. Jericho by name, it means a place of fragrance. It was, uh, again, a, a very important city, a, a, a well-traveled city, because the main road that went towards Jerusalem passed right through that city of Jericho going towards Jerusalem. We read in our text this morning that there was a man there in Jericho who was blind. And as a matter of fact, Matthew's Gospel and Luke's Gospel, the, the parallel to this, it tells us that there was actually two blind men. Uh, but Mark only brings out one, and Mark is the only one of the Gospels that actually gives a name to one of the men. And it's Bartimaeus. And it's probably like when the, uh, we read in the other Gospels, uh, uh, the demonic that was there at Gadaree, where there was really two, but it only brings out one in the Gospels. And sometimes it's the prominent one. It's, it's the one for whatever reason that Mark just focused on one, where the other two didn't even give the two blind men a name. They just simply said that there was two blind men, not be, and that's probably because the name wasn't important. It was what was going to transpire in this miracle that was of the greatest importance. So we, uh, we go on uh, this morning in verse 46. Let's look at our Bibles. It says, now they, and it's speaking here of Jesus and his disciples, they came to Jericho. And as Jesus went out of Jericho, as he's passing through this city with his disciples, we're told that a great multitude was following Jesus on this day, as they, they quite often did. And especially when he came into a city, the people would see and hear that Jesus was back in town or he had come back into town and the multitudes began to form around Jesus they began to follow after him and it was a it was a common practice of the day for a teacher to be walking along in the day and teaching the people as they followed along and so that was typical Jesus might even be teaching them as he's just walking along and, and teaching various things to the multitude of people that were following as they left Jericho on this particular day, there was a blind man by the name of Bartimaeus. He was the son of Timaeus, uh, his father, that was sitting by the roadside there, and he was begging. He was begging for money. It was a common scene for Jesus, a common scene for the disciples to see a blind person, to see somebody with an ailment like that, sitting by the roadside, sitting there and begging because obviously it was hard for them to make ends meet, to feed themselves, uh, not being able to work and being in the condition that they were in. Mark tells us, as Jesus and the disciples were leaving this city of Jericho, 
that this blind man Barnabas, he, he heard the commotion. Remember, he's blind. He, he's not able to see what's coming. But, you know, somebody that's blind, their senses are really heightened when it comes to hearing. They, they're hearing what's going on. And, and it says that there was a great multitude of people following. Probably a noisy crowd just following along with Jesus. And, and here he is sitting there hearing this, come, uh, this crowd coming along. It says, when, they, when he heard, look at verse 47, when he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth. Obviously, he began to ask. He heard the sounds of the multitude. He began to probably ask the people that were passing by, what's going on? What's happening here? And, and, and it tells us that when he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, that he began to cry out. And he began to say, Jesus, Son of David, have mercy on me. We don't know how this blind man, how he would have known about Jesus. Remember, Jesus started his ministry in Judea. He worked his way up through Samaria and he went up to Galilee. And Jesus had a time of ministry, even in his early ministry days. It could be that Bartimaeus, it could be that he was either an eye, not necessarily an eyewitness, that's not right, but he was either a witness of a miracle, or he could have been, that's the wrong way to put it, but he could have been uh, also just hearing of the miracles that Jesus had performed. Word spread that way. Jesus' fame had spread, as we know, all throughout the whole area of, of Israel. At this moment, this blind beggar, as he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, and as he began to cry out, and he began to acknowledge Jesus as being the Son of David, and he began to call upon Him, to have mercy upon Him, I believe that Bartimaeus' faith was activated in that moment. Have you ever had your faith activated for a moment where the Lord just gives you that ability to believe in Him for something? Faith activated. Faith coming... Here's Bartimaeus just knowing that Jesus is in this crowd. Not even being able to see Him, but just knowing that He's there, it activates his faith. I think that when a person is desperate, and I believe that Bartimaeus was, he knew that Jesus had the ability to heal him, to make him be able to see. And it could be that in his own mind, he was thinking, in a desperate state, this may be my last opportunity. As Jesus was walking out of the town, my last hope. Of, of being able to, to be able to have my eyes healed, to be able to see again. And so here's Bartimaeus crying out, have mercy on me. He's saying the right words, by the way. This is what Jesus responds to. And keep in mind that uh, 
this blind man, even though he's unable to see Jesus physically, and he can only hear the commotion that's going around, and his senses are heightened to hear all of that going on, but he's hearing still with his heart. In his mind, he's thinking, Jesus, of now you could heal me. Would you have mercy on me? His faith activated. He didn't need to have physical eyes to exercise faith. He begins to ask the people that are walking by, what's going on? That's all it took. What's happening here? And I, and I have to believe that he lit up when he heard it. it's Jesus. Jesus is here. Jesus of Nazareth, He's back here in our city. Faith was activated at that moment. He begins to, to cry out. And, and the people that were there on that day, and remember that typically when a multitude was following, it was a mixed multitude. It wasn't always believers and true disciples of Jesus. It was a mixture of a crowd. There were possibly religious leaders in this multitude that didn't like Jesus, that were following along as they did quite often. There were people there that questioned even Bartimaeus' words of, of saying that to Jesus, Son of David, a messianic title that was given to him uh, that didn't agree with what Bartimaeus was saying of Jesus. There was a whole probably a mixture of people and what they thought about what was going on here. But what is it? that actually stops the steps of Jesus in a person's life. Jesus was walking through. He was heading towards Jerusalem and the cross. He had every reason just to continue on in His journey, even as He passed this blind man that was calling out to Him. But He knew the right words, didn't He? He knew the right words. Have mercy upon me. And he was exercising this faith before Jesus. Jesus loves that when we do that. He loves it when he hears people exercise faith in him. He loves it when we see ourselves for who we are. And God, would you have mercy on me? Would you pour out your mercy upon me? I think that as this beggar sat there calling out to Jesus, and I believe it was more than one time, I believe that he just kept saying, have mercy on me, have mercy upon me. And the people that were following along, many of them began to say to him to, to be quiet. They were trying to shut him up. They didn't want to hear. They were trying to stop what Bartimaeus was saying. And there could be a number of reasons for that. It could be that they just thought like a lot of times, you know what, you're just a beggar. Hey, don't interrupt us. We're passing. We're listening to the teacher. We're, we're following along. We, we don't have time. And how many times did the disciples do the same? Don't bother the Lord. Don't bring the children to Him. I mean, quite often, they were of the same mindset. Remember when Jesus healed the demonic 
And he told him to, to go home to your friends and tell them what great things the Lord has done for you and how He has had compassion on you. Remember, he, he just wanted to follow with Jesus. And he says, no, go home and tell your friends, tell your family what God has done for you, what I've done for you, and how He's had compassion on you. Remember when Jesus fed the 5,000 and when He came out and He saw this great multitude of people. We're told that He was moved with compassion for them because they were like sheep not having a shepherd. The compassion of our Lord. Remember when Jesus fed the 4,000 on another occasion. And He said to His disciples this, He says, I have compassion on the multitude because they have now continued with me three days and they have nothing to eat. Jesus, who is God in flesh, I hope we all know that. Jesus, who is God in flesh, is a God of love. He's a God of mercy. He's a God of compassion. He is the God of all comfort. He is patient. Amen? He's patient with mankind. He's gentle with us. He's kind. He's slow to anger. He's forgiving towards mankind. You see, that's the true nature of our Lord. That's the true nature of Jesus Christ. That's His character. It's who He is. And when this blind beggar was saying, have mercy on me, those are the kind of words that would stop the footsteps of Jesus. To stop Him in His compassion. Even though He's making His way towards the cross, it stopped Jesus in the moment to want to heal this man. That tells us something of our Lord. He's never so wound up with busyness in his mind that he doesn't have time for even the smallest things in your life. Sometimes we chalk it off and we put it like, he doesn't need to bother with me and my little ailment that I have or my little problem that I'm dealing with. But you see, that is not our Lord. He is able to take on every one of our situations in life. That's because He's God, and He can do that. And so never minimize what God wants to do, even in the smallest of things in your life. When this man cried out to Jesus, he was believing in faith. He was actually, his faith was activated in the moment when he heard Jesus of Nazareth was in their midst. He was believing in the moment that Jesus was able to heal him. It was a, 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 for whatever measure of faith that was, he had enough faith to believe and to be calling out to Jesus, Son of David, have mercy upon me. That was an act of faith on his part. And I think that that in itself stopped the steps of Jesus. I think that Jesus couldn't help but stop 
Think of that. I don't think that he could help but stop. Why? Because it was his very makeup. It's who he was. And all the people that we read in Scripture that we don't know their names and we don't know how many people that he touched and healed, it's because all that came to him, he healed them, he touched them because he was a God of compassion. Verse 48 tells us that the people that day that, that many, notice that, then many warned him to be quiet. It just wasn't one person out of the crowd. There were many in the crowd that were telling Bartimaeus, be quiet. What else were they saying? But they were telling him to be quiet. But look what it says. But he cried out all the more. Do you think the Lord loves that? You think as that was all going on and Jesus is hearing them telling him to be quiet and everything, that do you think he's loving that? That Bartimaeus is, is actually even more so? He didn't allow these voices to stop him from calling out in faith to Jesus. He was persistent, wasn't he? And the Lord loves our persistence. He loves us to be persistent with Him. To keep pulling on His, his coattail, so to speak. And, and just keep going at Him. And, and Lord, you need to, I, I, I need to hear Your answer to this prayer. I need You to answer this. And you know what? How many times do we stop? How many times do we give up? How many times does our faith come up short and we say, you know what, I, I, I prayed diligently about that for a long time and I kind of just came to play. I gave up. I let it go. And I, and I have to believe that Jesus in this moment, I have to believe that He was thrilled with the persistence of Bartimaeus. He's thrilled with your persistence in your prayers, and your calling upon Him, and your looking to Him as the only one that can help you. Faith is one of those things for us as Christians that we need to grow in. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. We grow in our faith when we see God working in our lives at, at the level of our own personal issues in life. We see how faithful God is and our faith is, is maybe moved to a, a greater place. And we, we go on in our Christian walk and we're, we're just, you know, it's from faith to faith, isn't it? As the Scriptures say, we're, we're growing in our faith and, 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 and God is being very patient with us in those times where we come short on faith. And, and we hear that, oh ye of little faith. But then we see God I believe at times pleased as we step out in faith. And, and that's God, give me more of those moments that I'll believe you for all things and, and not just some things. He loves persistence. He loves to see our faith. He loves it when we don't give up. He's not annoyed by our persistence. We just need to keep asking. We need to keep crying out. Uh, do you know what it means to cry out to the Lord? 
to actually have something heavy enough upon your heart that you would actually cry out to Him. God, would You hear my prayers? God, would You have mercy upon me? God, would You intervene into this situation? God, I need You. I cry out to You. You see, that is an act of faith in itself. Instead of just a little prayer that is not even necessarily believing that God can do it, but God, I'm crying out to You that You will intervene into this situation. That You will answer this prayer according to Your will. Here's Bartimaeus. He keeps crying out. He keeps his faith directed on Jesus. Even while all those were telling him, be quiet, stop. Look at verse 49. So Jesus stood still. Jesus stood still in the moment. He's walking along. Maybe, and it doesn't say, maybe he even passed the blind man. He's got this multitude of people walking with him, with his disciples. He may be passed by the blind man for a distance. He hears him all along crying out to him, hearing the people say, Be quiet. Stop bothering Jesus. You know, whatever they were saying to him. But it moved Jesus to, to stop in his tracks to stand still. And Jesus, we're told, commanded him to be called. So Jesus stops. He, he commands Bartimaeus to be called to him. Think of that. Matthew 22.14 says that there are many that are called, but few are chosen. Jesus is calling him to himself. It required somebody to go and, and, and tell Bartimaeus, go to Jesus. Go see Jesus. You know, like we bring people along and should bring people along to Jesus. They called the blind man, we're told. They called to the blind man and they said to him, Be of good cheer. Rise. He is calling you. Jesus is calling you. And, and I have to think at that moment that this blind man's faith was activated even more so. Put yourself in that place. If Jesus did pass him by, and all of a sudden Jesus stands still and, and then asks people to call for him to come to Jesus, I think his heart was racing. I think that his faith in the moment was activated even more so. The people, whoever it was, they, they told the blind man, go to Jesus, he's calling for you. And I have to say that they probably did it in an urgent voice. Quickly, Bartimaeus, Jesus is calling for you. Get up. Go to Him. Do it now, Bartimaeus. Go. I, I, you know, I don't know all the words that came out of it, but they were telling Him 
Go to Jesus. Can't you see that? How that, how that would have looked? And, and just them saying, be of good cheer, Bartimaeus. Be blessed, Bartimaeus, that he's calling you. Think of that. Be blessed that he's even calling you to himself right now. Get up quickly, Bartimaeus. Go to Jesus. Look what Bartimaeus does. Verse 50. And throwing aside his garment, he rose and he came to Jesus. Get that picture in your mind. His overcoat, his, his, his covering that, that, that kept him from the, the harsh sun and the, the elements of you know what he throws that coat, so to speak, off of himself. And we know what it is to come to Jesus, to, to lay those things aside, all those things that weigh us down and keep us and put them aside and to come to Jesus. Everything in God's Word is for a purpose. He throws aside His garment. And then He rose and He came to Jesus. He's standing there in front of Jesus with eyes that are physically blind. He can't even see Him. He's standing in front of Him physically blind. But He knows who He's standing in front of. Have you ever seen Jesus face to face with your physical eyes? Maybe you had a vision of Him. Maybe, But have you ever had Jesus standing in front of you? Physically, I haven't. Do I believe in Jesus? I believe with my whole heart, soul, and mind that He's alive and real and in my life. Here's Bartimaeus. He's blind physically. He's standing in front of the Lord. But he's standing believing. His faith had been activated. He's standing there believing that Jesus, You're the only one that can touch me and give me sight. I believe Jesus was thrilled in the moment. I, I believe that as he got up off of that ground and threw his coat off of himself and made his way probably in haste over to Jesus, maybe people were leading him, pulling him along, so, you know, and bringing him right face to face with Jesus. I don't know, I think Jesus probably, I, I think in the moment, he may have had a big smile on his face. I don't know what it would have looked like, but I think he was thrilled in the moment. I think this was, we might call, an exciting opportunity for the moment. The people, the multitude that was there, that were observing what was going on. Remember, I always share that Jesus always had a bigger picture. He was doing something in Bartimaeus, but he was doing something in his disciples, and he was doing something in this multitude of people that were also following. He was displaying something of himself. And 2,000 years later, we're reading this story, and he's displaying himself to you and I. We're learning something about the very nature and the character of our Lord. 
the blind man, in that moment, says to Jesus, Rabboni, or teacher. He's acknowledging Jesus. He says, teacher, that I may receive my sight. You're the only one. You're my last hope. And you see, Jesus wants people, those that we would even bring to Jesus, He wants them to come to that place where Jesus, you're my only hope of salvation. You're the only one that can save me. Would you have mercy upon me? You see, Bartimaeus was prepared to meet Jesus. He wanted a physical healing, but he needed a spiritual healing also. Then we, see, we read in verse 52, Then Jesus said to him, Go your way. Your faith has made you well. Your faith has made you well. Matthew adds to this account that Jesus had compassion on him. Like I already brought up, Jesus full of compassion towards people, towards you and I. That he had compassion upon Bartimaeus. And immediately, that word that we see throughout Mark here, immediately he received his sight. And what did he do? He followed Jesus on the road. Wouldn't you? You were blind, and now you see physically for the, maybe the first time. You see Jesus face to face. And He can't do anything but say, Jesus, I just want to follow You. Wherever You go, I want to be with You. It was such... Something that, that, that in that moment, when his faith was activated in Jesus, and he had this physical healing, but more than that, his faith was activated in Jesus. It's like us. What will you do in following Jesus? How far will your faith take you in what Christ has done for you? Luke's Gospel says that when Jesus healed him, that this man, Bartimaeus, began glorifying God. I don't know what all that looked like, but I have to believe he's probably jumping up and down. I believe that he was, you know, he's there praising and glorifying God in the presence of all of these people. And then it goes on to say, and all the people, when they saw it, they also gave praise to God. Wow. Bartimaeus, healed by the Lord in the moment, a miraculous miracle, immediately he was able to see. Glorifying God in the presence of that multitude. And the multitude, being blown away in the moment, begins to... Glorify and to praise God in that moment. The bigger picture. 
what Jesus Christ was doing in the moment was not just for Bartimaeus. It wasn't just for His disciples. It was for all that were there to witness. It's there for us to read today. One man healed, touching many lives. One of you or I healed by the Lord, saved by the Lord, touching many lives. How many lives will your life touch when you enter into the kingdom someday? How many people are going to be brought along by your testimony, by your life witness, when you enter in on that day? That's a good question to ask ourselves. How am I living for Jesus? What kind of witness am I being to those around me? Is it obvious that there's something different about you? Do they pick up on it really quick? Or does it take them months and maybe years to kind of figure it out? Well, I didn't know you were a Christian. You know, that's the worst insult you can get. Yeah, I've been working with you for, you know, five years. You're a Christian? I didn't know that. Oh, don't tell me that. I mean, I, I would want them to know from first day. Yeah, I'm a Christian. Yeah, I, you know, right off, right out of the gate. I don't think there was any question as the people saw Bartimaeus full of joy, praising God and following Jesus, what had taken place in this man. It was more than just a physical healing. God had touched his life, just like our lives have been touched by him. God, would you revive and stir up that fresh reminder in our hearts of what you've done in my life the salvation that I have. Incredible. In closing, we can see in these words of Bartimaeus, uh, this blind man's faith, and how Jesus, uh, how Jesus saw all of this happening, and, and how Jesus was aware. None of this caught Jesus off Guard. He, he saw these things ahead of time. He knew what was going on as he traveled. It wasn't like this just came out, of, you know, it came out of the blue for the people, but not for the Lord. He knew exactly what he was going to do in Bartimaeus. The first act of faith of this blind man was that he was calling out to Jesus. Son of David, have mercy upon me. That in itself was an act of faith. The Hebrews 11.6 tells us this, that without faith it's impossible to please God. And those who come to God must believe that He is and that He is the rewarder of those who diligently seek Him. When you came to know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you had to believe that He is. He's the one. He's God. He's God in flesh. He came to redeem me from my sin. 
And without faith, it's impossible to please God. Bartimaeus was exercising faith in that moment. In faith, he believed that Jesus was the one. He's the Messiah. He's the Jesus I've heard of that's done all these miracles and He can heal me. He can touch me. When He says, have mercy, He's really saying, would you have pity upon me? Jesus, have pity upon me. Isn't that an act of faith? Seeing yourself who you are in light of who He is? Would you have pity upon me? And then, be of good cheer. Rise. He's calling you. That was an act of faith, wasn't it? Uh, What if He would have stayed sitting on the ground? Not willing to go. Before Jesus. Not, not willing to, you know, to, to stand before Him. Didn't heed the command. Was unwilling. No, He jumped to His feet. In a sense, He ran to Jesus or He was brought to Jesus. When Jesus said to him, and I may have read, not even read this, what do you want me to do for you? When Jesus said those words to him, Bartimaeus, what do you want me to do for you? Do you think it's that Jesus didn't know? Jesus knew exactly what he wanted to be healed of blindness. He wanted Bartimaeus' faith to be active. He didn't want Bartimaeus to stand there without being willing to say, Jesus, this is what I need. You have not because you ask not. And how many times do we take that saying, you know, the Lord already knows. I don't have to keep bringing this up to the Lord all the time. You have not because you ask not. What do you want me to do for you, Bartimaeus? And the blind man said to him, Rabboni, that I may receive my sight. I, I think Jesus wanted to hear that roll off of his lips. It was an act of faith to say so. Because I'm believing that you, Jesus, can give me sight back. In all of this, this man received a healing. He put his faith in Jesus Christ. He came to that knowledge of who he is. And go your way, your faith has made you whole or made you well. And, and, And here's Jesus, you know, just releasing him out to the world. I think the Lord loves to do that. You know, there's nothing like a brand new Christian that really gets saved and it's true salvation. They're so excited. And it's like the Lord just releasing them out upon this world. 
Go tell everybody. Go tell your friends and family. You know, so we always read, you know, the jailer, he went home, told him they were all baptized. You know, go tell your family what wonderful things Jesus is doing in your life. You see, the, the only bad part is, is that when we get to that place and been a Christian for a long time, yeah, not, not quite as stirred up like I used to be. I'm not really out, you know, just, really, you know, yeah, I, and we can be that way, but you get a brand new Christian, into a church. Every church needs to have a bunch of new Christians coming into it and they're all excited and the rest of them that are been Christians for a while going, I need a little of that. I need to be stirred up like that. The young people we have in this room right now, you're the generation. You're the ones. You young people, you're the ones that God wants to use Younger in faith, younger in age, younger in faith, He wants to use you. He wants to send you out. What a. We get to this end of this chapter 10, and Mark chooses to put in the healing of the blind man, Bartimaeus before Jesus has His triumphal entry. Wow. Let's just insert that miracle right here. What's the Lord wanting to show us through that? We don't want to leave that one out. Let's not leave Bartimaeus out of this Bible. I think we, everyone needs to see this. And then next week, we enter into chapter 11. That Passion Week. 15 miles away from Bartimaeus, drawing close to the time where Jesus is going to be arrested and put on the cross. All that happens in just a week. Weeks worth of time. Death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. So we're getting to the most exciting part of the Gospels. The good news of Jesus Christ. Death, burial, and resurrection. Couldn't line it up with Easter this year. One year it happened that way. It was nice. But it's always exciting no matter what time of year it is. And so, God bless you guys. My prayer for each of us as we go out this week is that we look for opportunities. Let God stir your heart. Get up in the morning and pray. Just lift up a simple prayer. God, would you use me today? And then believe that when you leave your house, or you don't leave your house, that God has something that He wants to use you in. And then be looking for it. And see if God won't open a door of opportunity for you to step through. I believe that He will. I believe that you'll have opportunity. Just look for it.